The OneStream Global Education Services team proudly presents the OneStream Podcast with your host, Peter Fugere. Greetings, fellow OneStreamers, and welcome to the OneStream Podcast, where we explore and examine all things OneStream, talk to experts in the industry, and gain knowledge from some of the brightest minds that help deliver and implement solutions for our clients. In this season, we're exploring how concepts become solutions that lead to happy customers. And on this episode, we're talking about the pre-sales process. And this is an important step where we present our software to prospects and demonstrate how we can help them. I'm your host, Peter Fugere, Chief Solutions Officer at OneStream Software. And today to talk to me about pre-sales, we have Charlie Harris, James DiPietro, Michelle Pretlau, all lead solution consultants with OneStream Software. So let's dig into it. What is pre-sales? And, and maybe, maybe a great place to start is talking to you guys. What makes somebody a good pre-sales consultant? Well, Peter, when I think of pre-sales consultant, I think it's kind of a three-legged stool, right? The, the two obvious ones are, you know, you have to be somewhat tech savvy, right? You have to have that finance background to be able to meld those two together. And then the third one, I think, is the hardest one, right? That's the ability to deliver that message to organizations. And when you deliver that message, it's delivered to different folks, some who are very tactical, some who are very strategic. Um, You know, so being able to understand technical, financial, and then being able to deliver that message to a a broad spectrum of people within an organization, I think, is what's most important and, and, quite frankly, absolutely necessary. If you're missing one of those three legs, that stool doesn't work. Yeah. Hey, th- this is Charlie. So w- one of the things I uh, I would add to that, to what Jim said is, you know, the job, we, we call it solution consultant and other companies might call it uh, sales engineer, solution engineer. So there are other titles for it. And the, and the, the most simplistic um, explanation of what we're doing with the customer is, is we're demonstrating the product. Obviously, there's a lot more to it and we can talk a lot more uh, uh, about that. And, and Jim alluded to, to some of that, too. But but in general, we're kind of the liaison between the the very technical folks and the business process oriented people, and being able to take that technology. Uh, you know, we call them differentiators in, in in our industry. Basically, those things that that our particular company does that's very different from the way other software companies do it, and be able to take those technical differences and explain it in terms of the business process and the business value. So that that audience is trying to accomplish some sort of business process, be it consolidation, reporting, forecasting, whatever it may be, and then how those technical differences translate to that without going too deep into that technical speak. And as, as Jim had mentioned, sometimes there's a mix of those people in the room, but that's kind of that job of pre-sales and, 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 and what we do from that standpoint. You know, that's, that's really similar to uh, when we talked about you know, uh, the, the services, the delivery team, you know, that that was sort of the same theme, right? Um, you need to understand the product, you need to understand, you know, accounting, but also have that sort of business acumen. Tell me about your backgrounds. How did you guys get into this? I think, um, you know, I've, I've been in this business of, you know, quite a long time. And at different companies, what we often see is that uh, you know, pre-sales people come from different backgrounds. Some may be much more focused on the particular software they're selling. So if it's a company that's 
selling HR payroll software. Often you'll have someone who was an HR payroll person who used that type of software or that very software. It could be someone who has a little more of a technical background. In in our case at, at OneStream, a lot of the people have finance background, economics background, finance, budgeting, you know, uh, CPAs, controllers. I personally, uh, when I got out of the service, had went to night school and I was a computer operator trainee, which is was not very technical, by the way, when we were doing a lot of mounting tapes and that sort of thing. Went back to school, got a bachelor's degree in accounting. So I kind of worked, you know, more on accounting and auditing. So that, that, that's, that's really my background. Charlie, that's interesting because um, my background was accounting and that's what my degree was in. So when I entered in the software space, I actually had no technical acumen at all. And I learned, right? So I implemented software on the ERP side of the house and I, I learned the technical pieces and I implemented for most like around 10 years on the ERP side. And then I, I jumped software packages. So I implemented ERP. I implemented, uh, PeopleSoft EPM. But again, my background was accounting. So everything I learned from a technical perspective was on the job implementation training. And then I, I fell into the role of a pre-sales consultant. It was unnatural at first because it, it felt weird to go out and try to basically position our software, right? But I think over time, it becomes a conversation with the prospect and listening to them. So I think that's an important skill is to be able to listen and understand what their problem is, and then answer it in a way that they can then consume that information and it will make sense to them because it's really the first time they're hearing about your software. So I think a very critical skill is to have that finance accounting, some sort of technical knowledge, but also just the ability to to listen and understand a problem and then take that information and then communicate it back in a way. So communication skills, I think, is a very important piece of the type of skill you have to have from a pre-sales perspective. James, how did you get into this? How did you get into solution consulting? Yeah, so Peter, much like Michelle, I started out in public accounting. I did about two years in public accounting when I decided it was not for me, and I moved into a finance organization at Philip Morris. At that time, they were looking for somebody to implement a CPM solution, so I began there. Um, that's when my kind of love of tech um, began, and you know, luckily enough, I was able to purchase, implement, and administer CPM solutions at five different companies. Um, at one point, I was let's call it convinced to, you know, attempt to come over and try a pre-sales role. Uh, my thinking at the time was, well, I'll try it. I'll go and do it for two years. And if I like it, you know, great. Well, P.S., I'm in my 26th year of that two-year experiment. And uh, we have the greatest gig in the world, quite frankly. It's, it's a great job. So it's going well. Absolutely. So I guess, um, you know, some people... Michelle, Charlie, you guys kind of said it a little bit, you know, it's more than just doing a demo. So I'll, I'll hit on something you said, Charlie, somebody might call you in to do, you know, we're, we're having a problem with our consolidation. That could mean a lot of things. It could mean they're having a problem with data volumes. It could be intercompany. It could be translation. There's something in their current process that isn't going well. You know, you're kind of that, you know, resource between sales and the customer to try and sit down and, and help identify that problem in my mind. How do you start that process? How do you identify the problem? 
how do you get the client to sort of share their secrets, like what they're doing wrong and why they're struggling? I mean, people don't like to really talk about, hey, we don't do this very well. You know, there's a trust thing. How do you get that process going? Formally, often, you know, we'll have, if we're going to present software, we will uh, try to do a, a discovery session, which is basically a call with the people who are going to be in the presentation and just get them to talk. You know, what what do you know? For, for me personally, and some of the other folks may have a different take on it, um, one of my keys is I want to know where these people are coming from. Are they are they accountants who rely 100% on Excel? Have they used another system, uh, some sort of enterprise system? Because that tells me a lot right away. And particularly if they name what system they're using, I automatically know what some of the pitfalls are going to be. We know what the pitfalls are of using an Excel system of filling out sheets and making templates to Excel, emailing them back and forth, trying to consolidate them, all that sort of thing. So that tells me a lot right away when I know how they're currently doing things. And then, you know, a lot of it is just getting people to relax and talk. And I know that that often there's some resistance uh, for organizations to really give you full detail about how difficult some of their internal processes may be. But often we can pick up the little hints and the little little bits of information and kind of piece it together to get to get a better understanding. Because what I want to make sure is when we come in that we're presenting something that's that's really you know addressing where where the customer's at where their particular issue is. And, and sometimes that difficulty that they're having is very narrow. It's a very narrow, maybe something about, you know, data quality, pulling the data in and, and making sure they have the correct data. And, and that, that may be the big thing. And, and it's important that we address that, where that, uh, where that particular customer is coming from and what, what their current issues are. But a lot of that just comes from that conversation and, and also letting them know that particularly at this, at this company at OneStream is, I have never seen anyone try to push a solution in that's not a good match for a customer and because that's just that's a recipe for disaster for everybody and and we don't do that here which is great. A lot of times it's hard um for a prospect or a customer to articulate the problem. Um so background is really great to know who who you're talking to, um what role they play in that organization, what their background is and then uh, t- at times, getting examples from them will help them explain in a way that they know. Give me an example of what's going on. A lot of times when they're looking to replace, you know, a piece of software that's old, they're, they're very focused on what that software is doing for them today. And they may not be focused on all the processes that are happening around that software that are causing an additional pain. So it's, it's a matter really just asking a lot of questions and, and opening them up in a way that they can just have a conversation with you. Less people on the phone or in a room having the discussion is easier to have a conversation versus 20 people on the call. Well, it sounds like there's a risk of, and I've been in this situation, like um, you're sitting with somebody and you're trying to uncover requirements. What, what am I here for? What, what are you guys interested in? Like, what are we trying to set up? And it's sort of this circular discussion of, well, what do you want? Well, what can it do? You know, and it's it's sort of this back and forth. In that discovery process, how do you steer somebody who's they're trying to understand, well, how how can the software even help me solve this problem? And, you know, we like to use the art of the possible, like taking somebody through like 
this is my system now. And they're, they're living in this, like, I don't know, like box and taking them out of that box and saying, this is what could be possible with one stream, but doing it in a way where you don't fall into that circular, well, what, what do you want to do? What, what could it do? You know, sort of thing. How do you, how do you steer somebody through that? I think part of discovery is also talking about what, say, OneStream can do, right? Not every feature, but give them a little so they can start to understand what you don't want to happen in the discovery is they just, they're asking questions to you uh, because you want to learn about the process, but give them a little bit about, hey, this, this is what this feature in OneStream does. And I know you're using, you know, Hyperion S-Space today, and this is how it'll be improved um, in one stream, or this is, you know, so you kind of lead them down the path a little bit of giving them a little bit of of knowledge on the software, um, or talk about a customer who's doing that today with one stream, and then paint a little vision for them. Yeah, and Michelle, that, that's great. I, I find uh, I work a lot on our public sector team. And what we often will do is sometimes we'll get it and I'll just have spend a half hour with that conversation or 15 minutes or whatever and basically talk through what many agencies are using OneStream for all the way from, you know, budget formulation, budget execution, you know, financial consolidation, close, you know, uh, reporting, et cetera, and just just walk them through all the sorts of things and, and sort of slowly allow them to get an idea of the scope of what OneStream can do. And usually that discussion will trigger some questions. And when we talk about all of that sort of thing, and suddenly someone will say, oh, wait a minute, you mentioned that reconciliation or whatever it is, you know, and they'll say, wow, we have a problem with that. And then that that will bring it out once they get it, get some understanding. And that's an interesting way to do it, Charlie, too. Like when you're talking about how other people are using OneStream, that's an interesting way to sort of frame what I think is the most important part of the discussion, that OneStream is a platform, that it's not just one tool. There's a lot of things you can do with the software and a lot of things uh, that sort of come out of the box. And, and it's interesting to hear how other people are using it. In, in my opinion, demos don't win deals, right? If I go in there and I do a great feature function demo, I've met the requirement, right? I think all deals are won and lost when we're talking about the discovery, right? Because at the end of the day, it is our job to go in there and search tactically for problems in the process, which I think is more important than problems with software, Right. And then we have to have the ability to take those tactical nuggets that we gain and put together a more strategic vision for how we're going to solve these business problems that we found. Right. And, it, you know, what these folks are actually looking for is solutions to problems. They're not looking for clicks in a software demo. I think that's where we win and lose deals. It's being very prescriptive and, you know, gathering that information and having the skill set to take all of that information, create a cohesive strategy and then deliver that back because rare is it that we get a situation where it's just draconian where somebody at the top says hey we're just buying one stream right there's a lot of consensus building that needs to be done and discovery i think is key to winning deals so we're talking about discovery and demo what else do you guys do to help help a client understand how one stream solutions can solve problems for them yeah so peter one i think one of the things that we do frequently right is get an understanding of who's involved in the process right who are the stakeholders who are the folks who you know kind of are personally invested in that financial process right um, getting to those people and understanding what their needs are because when we're talking about solving problems right they want a strategic partner in there with them right they're not looking for a vendor they're looking for a strategic partner 
They're thinking about it from the perspective of what's in it for me. How's it going to make my life better, right? How is it going to get me to my kid's soccer game on Saturday so I'm not still closing the books over the weekend? So, you know, that identification, I think, is key. And, and then listening, a lot of listening, right? Uh, we should do, be doing 20% or less talking and 80% or more listening to these folks. But I'll defer to my colleagues for some other uh, some nuggets there. I also like to have uh, doc, you know, any documents they can share, any requirements that they've worked up. Um, if there is an RFI or an RFP that they're going to share, a lot of times that will give us a better better insight on requirements. That helps us to get at least a foundation of what they're doing. If they, you know, if they have any background, just even before that discovery meeting or during the discovery meeting, if you hear something. Uh, sometimes I'll say, oh, can you share that document with us so we have a better idea of, you know, what your requirements are? Yeah, and Jim and Michelle had both alluded to, to, to this aspect of also, I think, get, get, getting getting buy-in from, from different levels. Because one of the things that we find is, or, or that I find, I should say, is that if I, I'm dealing with someone who's maybe more a hands-on type person and they, they currently have to fill out spreadsheets or they have some process. And when they see what they're going to do in one screen for them personally, it may not be much advantage. They're still going into a screen. They're still filling some form out. So for them personally, it's just, you know, they have a process and I'm get and I'm proposing a new process and they don't personally see the value. Now, when you go further up the, the, the management ladder, then, then suddenly you start seeing more of the big picture and the improvements may be very dramatic. On, on the reverse of that is when you go to that very high level, sometimes those individuals, you know, like like the C-level people may have no idea of the complexity and risk that's going on below them. So it's important to kind of touch it at, at multiple levels to make sure that there's a thorough understanding of, of where, you know, where, where current issues are and where the efficiencies are that, that, that can be gained. Charlie, that's a great point. I think when we think about who do we speak with? I think it's important to speak with people that are doing different things within the organization. So maybe the administrators who are administrating the system, the functional people who are actually using the system or not using the system because it's not working for them. Um, maybe mid or upper level management to understand what their challenges are. So it's good for us to have that uh, view on on all different levels, it gives us a better picture for overall what the organization needs, because sometimes everyone, every company has good intentions about what they think they, they're looking for. I think during the process, though, you become knowledgeable about all the different levels, and you're the one that really can then articulate back value, maybe at all the different levels in the organization. So I think it's important to have different perspectives, like you're saying, Charlie. Peter, one thing to add on what Michelle was saying about the different levels, you know, typically in these sales cycles, when they're making a decision on which, you know, software company they're going to partner with, there's a lot of consensus building that goes on, right? So your ability to go and meet with people at different levels of the organization, understanding what they do, as Michelle said, is extremely important, but it's also important to make those relationships because quite frankly, people buy from people they like, right? So they think, you know, when you have those relationships, there's a lot of consensus building that goes on in the final decision. And, you know, that's kind of critical as a side note on the actual sales process as a whole. So you're coming in, I mean, you're, you're understanding their problems, 
but it sounds like you're educating too. You're, you're explaining how the software works and, and, you know, how it can fit in and, and, or maybe not fit in. Um, How do you tackle sort of the teaching part of it and explaining some of these concepts to, to people? Great, Great question. Yes. Yes, there is some education. And part of that is because OneStream is a very unique software platform, as you well know, and it's not commonly understood how, how it works and, and, and what it does. And when we talk about some of these other systems, th- there are some gray areas of overlap where there are things that one stream is like, yeah, yeah, you sort of could do that in one stream. If you already have a system that's doing that other thing, then that's fine. Let's, you know, let's not mess with that. Let's just use that other system and pull the data in as needed. But if you don't have that other system and you're going to build that other system from scratch and you already have all your financial data in one stream, then maybe we can extend, you know, the extensible, uh, extensible platform. We can extend one stream to do that. But that really takes a lot, a lot of discussion around the, 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 those items and really kind of understanding where one stream fits in. And I think a lot of that can be done in a relatively short period of time by explaining how other customers use OneStream and what they use it for. We say, well, we've got this customer here and they're using Oracle Federal Financials and they're pulling the data in or they have this HR payroll system. They're doing their position planning and they're connecting to their HR payroll system, pulling in their actuals and comparing the, you know, and just basically kind of walk through very briefly a high level overview of, of, of what's happening, uh, you know, with, within these other customers and, and how, how they're, they're using OneStream. And then, I, in fact, I had a call yesterday with an, with an agency. And, and after a while, the, the, the gentleman I was talking to finally started, you know, kind of visualizing where OneStream fitting because he had, he was an IT guy who, who had, who, who was doing, you know, uh, a review of their systems. And, and so we kind of walked him through and, and he finally started understanding where it fits in because he sort of has an understanding of the ERP systems and, and, and this sort of thing. So he finally started getting where one stream fits in. And then finally I could, I could, I could understand and hear the, the alarms going up where he was saying, Oh, so when you do this, Oh, so you do this. Oh, so I heard about this problem. That's what you do. And, and, and so it, it, just, it just takes that conversation and the listening, you know, there's no, there's no shortcut. <laughs> What are the most common questions you guys get asked when you're doing discovery or doing a demo? Like, what are the things that people constantly ask you? You got to explain. You know, Peter, two things that I see frequently is around analytic blend, um, also um, around relational, right? And and the mixing of relational and cube data, right? We've been, or, or this, the CPM at large has been promising something like this forever and it's never quite happened. The ability to meld, you know, very fast, very quick cube data that you can dice and slice and marry that together with large amounts of detailed data, SKU level, customer level. So when we talk to customers, they're in disbelief because they've been promised it forever and they can't believe that we can deliver it. So um, that's one of the big barriers um, is extensible dimensionality and, and relational and how those two work together. It's a very tough thing to conceptualize for them because they've been hearing about it, but it's never been delivered before. Yeah, I'd agree uh, with Jim and with what he said about extensible dimensionality. Uh, I also think that w- one of the the things that I I get asked a lot is, you know, what, how do you get the data in the system, right? And that's such an easy thing for us we sometimes overlook the power of what is in the platform. Uh, and I think that 
that just goes to show when you're talking to a prospect or customer, the things that you feel are table stakes are things that they struggle with on a day-to-day basis. Yeah, I think we definitely, we take that for granted, how powerful our data integration piece is and don't realize, I think that a lot of other people struggle with it and and um, we tend to gloss over it, like yeah, just load the data, and that that's not a that's not always just something somebody can do, right? So that's great. Yeah, and Peter, I'm almost embarrassed because one of my I'm sure my colleagues agree. The number one question we get and is how do you guys do this all in one application? Right, that's <laughs> the number one question we get. These are finance folks that are working at the end of the year. Uh, at the end of the month, at the end of the quarter, they're working a lot of hours. They're working Saturday mornings. I remember one woman told me she worked worked for an international organization, and it wasn't even that long ago. She spends four hours every Saturday morning, uh, once a month, just building out constant currency reports in Excel. Yeah, right. Crazy. And she's like, "Oh, can one stream do that?" And like. And in a way that was like, she didn't want to ask for too much. And I was like, absolutely, we can do that. And that's huge for her because four hours on a Saturday morning away from your family once a month, that's a lot of time back, right? That it can happen immediately in the system. And that's, that's another one of those table stakes too, because if the flow dimensions just, you know, if you, if you set it up right in one stream, doing something like a CTA proof as an afterthought, it's like such an easy thing to set up. And you could gloss over it and like there's somebody in the room who might be, yeah, spending the better part of their weekend away from their family and you could you could make their, you know, change their life. That's I think it's important. So let me put you guys in the the role of the, the prospect, you know, the potential client. If you were evaluating software, you know, it sounds like not a lot of focus on the demo, call references, ask people how they're using the software. Tell me some other things if you, if you were in their shoes and you you guys have done, I don't know how many thousands probably, uh, presentations, RFPs, talk to different clients between all of you. What should a prospect be thinking about? If you were in their shoes, how would you evaluate the software? I would say one of the most important things is, I, I mean, obviously the most important thing is to do the research and talk to other customers. That would be the first thing. Just, just say, say, and pretty quickly what you're going to do is narrow it down to two or three that are even possible. That to, to, to fit your organization. Um, and, and that's going to happen pretty quickly just with a tiny bit of research. You're going to see one stream of, you know, one or two others, and that's going to be about it. Once you get to that point, bring those people in, you know, talk to them, talk to them, say, you know, let, let's see a couple demonstrations. Let's just get an idea of what you're looking at and, and what we're going for. Then kind of once you've kind of got an idea of, of, of what's the scope of our of, of our needs, do we need to see is are we really focused on budget planning, forecasting? Are we focused on financial close, consolidation, financial reporting? Where's our area of focus? What are we really going to do? And then determine who the people are that, that need to see this. So you may have kind of in the seat end users and you may have a demonstration for those people. Have a separate demo for those people who are the hands-on type people if they're going to have a, have a say in the matter and let them know this is what your individual world is going to look like and keep it focused at that level. Have an admin demo because the ability to support this is going to be very, very important. So they have an understanding. This is what the customer does. This is what OneStream does. You know, th- this is this is how all of this works. And 
because we talk a lot about those things about how configurable it is, how you know, how, you know the extensibility, all of that. And if you have someone who's going to be an administrator, say we want to walk you through this, and then do the same thing for all the vendors and get under under the covers, so to speak, under the hood, um, and and really see how does this actually work. So that that makes more work for us on our side, but I think that's really a good way to do that and not try to come and say we're going to do a two hour demo and see everything from soup to nuts. And the absolute worst thing to do, in my opinion, is to do a scripted proof of concept because that proves absolutely nothing because any vendor can come in, throw a bunch of programmers at something, and they can mock something up to make it see the points and clicks that you want to see. Peter, I've been lucky enough in my career to purchase CPM solutions at five different companies, and it's pretty fundamental for me, right? The thing that is best for a prospect is to really understand your processes, right? And when I say you are, I mean within the company, right? Where are the deficiencies? What are the problems, right? What are the things that we're trying to solve? And it probably would surprise you that in many instances, um, they don't start out that way, right? They engage a GSI or, you know, they have a PMO and, you know, they say, okay, well, here's the steps we go through, right? We write an RFP, we do this, we do that. Really not understanding what the issues are. So really understanding from internally what your problems are, the things you're looking to solve, and then being able to communicate that from a strategic perspective, I think is the most important thing when you embark on one of these projects. I would say that it's a combination, you know, combination of, you know, what Jim is saying, what Charlie is saying. I think spending time with the vendor, not only understanding what the end user is going to see, but also how to administer the system. We had one prospect that said, we want you to come spend a day with us. That's great because that really gives them a, you can put together an agenda um, and share with them really how the software works on the front end, on the back end. You can meet with the different uh, constituents at the prospect to ensure that you're you're giving them what they need and give them a chance to really ask the questions. So giving them time to explain how the software works. But there's also this aspect of beyond, hey, you know, what does the software do? Um, how do we administer? But it's also about uh, efficiency, effectiveness, reducing technical debt, right? Those things are important to an organization overall. And, and that's an important piece is when you're evaluating software, the types of questions that you want to think about is, will the software make us more efficient as an organization, right? Are we going to be spending less people time closing the books, right? Um, how more effective can we be? We're not going to hire more people, right? We have to do, um, we have to run the software with the people we have. And then re um, reduction of risk is a huge area, right? So if we're if we're acquiring a company, we're doing it on an Excel spreadsheet or we're doing closing entries on an Excel spreadsheet and then loading it back. What is the risk for error, right? You don't, so the goal is as well, especially with the CPM solution is to reduce your risk because you're reporting to the street. And then lastly, just the reduction of technical debt, right? Nobody in any organization, not even IT wants to spend time moving data around from product to product 
and tying that data out. It hurts both from an IT perspective and a finance perspective. So it's really important from a value perspective to look at those different areas and ensure that the software you're purchasing is going to meet uh, efficiency, effectiveness, reduction of risk, and uh, reducing technical debt. Thank you guys so much for bringing your expertise to the podcast today. And thank you, fellow One Streamers, for joining us. Remember, if you like this content, please don't forget to hit subscribe. We'd love to hear from you. Questions, comments, or concerns, please reach us at podcast at onestreamsoftware.com. I look forward to bringing you another exciting podcast. And until then, take care, and I'll see you next time on the OneStream Podcast. The OneStream Podcast is brought to you by the OneStream Global Education Services team.